and welcome to The Brave, a podcast which explores resilience in the 21st century. Episode to episode, we uncover how systems, people and places can be adaptable and robust in an age of constant change and upheaval. This week, we have a very, very special guest on the show, probably one of my favourite people in existence. And it's actually uh, Mother's Day here in the UK, and it's actually my mum we're going to be speaking to. Now, um, if you're listening in the future, this date today is, oh God, this is testing my date knowledge. It's Sunday the 22nd of March. It's in the 20s of March. And it's kind of in the middle of the coronavirus um, pandemic, which is happening and hitting the UK really hard. And I actually put a tweet out asking kind of listeners what what they wanted to hear about. And a lot of people talked about how to cope with what's happening in the world around them and the effect this kind of social isolation, social distancing is having on people's lives and how to deal with anxiety and catastrophic thinking. And my mum is actually a counsellor and has years, she'll talk about her experience, but she has years of experience counselling people who deal with um, anxiety, who have anxiety. And I just thought it's Mother's Day, I wanted to chat to her anyway, and um, she has so much knowledge on this subject. And I really hope that she is as helpful to you as she has been to me throughout my life. We'll get stuck in. Nice to uh, virtually see you on Mother's Day, even though we can't be here in person. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show. If you could just let everyone know a bit about your professional experience, because um, you're not just on the show today because you're my mum. You're also actually a trained counsellor as well. Yeah. Hello, Bethan. Um I've got over 30 years experience working with people and people and their problems, initially training in social work, but about 25 years ago also trained into counselling at Warwick University and since then done a variety of jobs working for different organisations with adults mainly and worked for a university for about 15 years Now I'm what's called an independent counsellor, which means I'm self-employed and private. And I work with a range of medical companies or just ordinary people who want to come and have some private sessions with me. So today, what I'd really like to talk about is looking after your mental health while social distancing. Obviously, this is something many people, if not everyone, is experiencing at the moment. And I did a quick kind of Twitter, Instagram poll and asked for people's questions on this subject. And you're obviously a my mother, so you were kind of available to me so I could call it in a favour and also had experience kind of in this arena. So I guess kind of the, the first question we got from people was how to hope the first question we got from people was how to cope with kind of catastrophizing things and anxiety of you know the complete unknown we don't know what's going to happen and I think a lot of people are focusing mentally on the worst case scenario and that can feel really overwhelming so what can people do in that situation? Well I'm drawing on my experience of working with a lot of people with different forms of anxiety and I've also trained as a cognitive behavioural therapist and a lot about catastrophizing is about worrying but it's about negative thinking and it's a form of negative thinking. So I'm going to ask you a question Bethan. Um, currently in today with all the issues and problems we've had 
firstly Brexit, but now possibly even more worrying for people, this virus, is what kind of catastrophic thoughts might people have, might you have? I guess for me, I mean, I've been really worried that you and dad are going to get sick and potentially die. Uh, that's something <laughs> kind of feels a bit weird saying this to you now, but that's something yeah, I've, that's I've been thinking about a lot and being quite upset about because I literally cannot control that. I can't be there with you. I can't help you. That's also really hard. I don't know when I'm going to see my friends and family again. Um, also, I'm, I'm worried about my job, obviously, like many people. I'm lucky the company I work for is in a good position, but I think it's just natural to, again, the worst case scenario I keep on jumping to. Like, what am I going to do if this happens, if the food runs out, if I lose my job, if you and dad die, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds really common that everybody would have in these circumstances, including myself to a level. So the broad anxiety is... The world's going to collapse and we're all going to die. It's yeah. a doom. And, and that's quite stark and quite black and white thinking. Um, but you're going to the end game. And often anxiety and worry and catastrophizing is a bit like saying, if I worry a lot about this, I'm preventing it. I'm, I'm keeping everybody safe. I'm helping But the real negative consequences is it lowers your mood and can make you feel hopeless, helpless. What's the point? So you need to argue because the biggest thing to remember is that negative thoughts aren't facts. They're just thoughts. They're thoughts you have, like emotions, they're real, they're real to you, but they're not absolute facts. And so people say, I can't stop my negative thoughts. They come all the time. But I'm saying, actually, you can argue back a bit better with them. So you've got a thought, I'm losing my job. Everyone's going to die. People I know will die. It's going to be horrible. And I'm going to say, what exactly is the probability of those going to happen? But I guess I don't know. That's part of the problem. It's it's like so up in the air. You you don't even know. I mean, the probability is probably low, isn't it? Generally speaking. So what we know about the virus so far, factually. You're not guaranteed to die even if you get it, I guess. Okay. So you might lose your job and you might die. The probabilities are are not impossible. None of it's impossible because we all know at the end of the day, we're all going to die anyway. So that's a fact anyway, (laughs) but it's true. None of us are immortal and I haven't met them. But if either of those terrible events were to occur and you see them as absolute catastrophes, what do you think you'd do? Do you think you would be able to cope? I mean, yeah, (laughs) the world isn't going to kind of stop spinning, I guess, Yeah, I don't want to say, oh, if you and dad died, I'd be absolutely fine. No problem. Obviously, it would be really sad, but I guess you just have Yeah, you'd have to find a way to carry on. People lose their families in all sorts of circumstances. People lose close people all the time, and they find it incredibly difficult and painful. But do you know people it's happened to, and they do recover? 
I mean, yeah, I know people whose parents have died and they've, again, had to carry on and built a good life, so... And do you know people who've lost their jobs and eventually recovered, even though it was quite difficult? Yeah, obviously. I didn't realise this was going to be a counselling session for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm just sort of giving you a taste of the arguing with yourself. Yes, it can feel a bit like a therapy session because, unfortunately, I am a therapist, so it will. Just for Um, listeners, imagine... You're growing up and your mum does this to you when you come home from school and you're like, I've had a really bad day at school. And she's there like, oh, tell me how you think about that. Let's combat those negative thoughts. That's just a taste into my childhood there for you. (laughs) Actually, I seem to remember it was much more like I'd had a long, hard day dealing with everyone else's problems and yours all felt a little bit trivial and you thought I was quite uncaring and difficult. That's my memory of what you used to tell me. And it's probably a grain of truth in it. But getting back to the matter in hand, so um, another useful thing is when you're into a catastrophe is to think back of something very difficult that you did manage to get through and live through, something that was very personally difficult for you. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then you kind of know that you came through that, so other things may not even be that bad. Yeah, so you're trying to argue with yourself that you have some coping strategies, you have some resilience, you have abilities. People hate living through difficult things, but they do. One of my things at the moment that I don't think is exactly like this, but when I was about 20, AIDS was the big illness. And we didn't even for two years know it was a virus. We didn't, we got eventually that it wasn't so infective as, say, this virus. But if you got AIDS, you died. And people who got it were really castigated and stigmatised by the rest of society. And there was a lot of um, hysterical type thinking going on and blaming and people being very anxious. And it was a very difficult disease and it caused huge sadness and pain as people lost loved ones. But slowly, with science and medical science, not that we ever cured it, but it's not a death sentence anymore. So eventually the world lived through that. And that's one of my memories of something that was a brand new disease that nobody had ever had to deal with before. It's quite a long time ago. We're going back about 25 years, but... You know, people don't spend the whole of their days worrying about AIDS. Not that we shouldn't forget about it either. So go the other way, Beth, and go forward. What do you think will be happening in five years' time around this virus, realistically? Realistically, again, really hard to say for certain. But I imagine, you know, barring the economy completely collapsing will be... Well, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting and see if this actually changes things for the better in the way. And maybe people will realise, you know, this kind of going for growth all the time mentality isn't viable. Um, I imagine personally for me, I'll still be doing the same things. I don't know. Again, like it's just really hard to know. But the world obviously will continue and be fine. And you're even mentioning, hard one maybe, but you're mentioning some real positive changes that might happen. Yeah, okay. we might take stock. We might 
value and improve our health services we might take care of each other better maybe it's a bit of a wake-up call scenario and alongside that there will be real sadness because there will be people who have died who might not have died if this hadn't have come along Mm, that's true so another question we had um, from listeners was around if if your kind of daily routine has been really disrupted like this, you know, for example, for me, I'm not going to work in the same sense of not going into an office. Some people may not even be able to go to their jobs at all. What what can they do to kind of stay sane and stay productive in in this kind of real limbo period we're in at the moment? It's an interesting one because, remember, in society, there's people who can have their lives changed by illness, like permanently, because they've got a chronic illness. And some people retire and have very similar challenges of how do I manage my time? How do I stay um, productive? How do I stay motivated? And at some level, there's just some different ideas. And I've worked with different people on this. So... It's good to have some level of routine and it's good to have some on time, especially if you're still having to work from home and that's a big adjustment. So it's good to not just lie in bed all day unless you decide it is a day. It's like a day off. It's a weekend. You want to do that or you're not very well. But try and have some sort of routine. If you're feeling very unmotivated and very like I haven't got anything done and I just lolled around and ate too much challenge yourself to do one of those horrible jobs like ironing washing clearing out cleaning up a really boring job have some music on do something while you're doing it and at the end of the day if you've not achieved an awful lot else for the next day when you feel motivated you'll look around and your house will be at least clean your bed will be made there'll be some fresh iron clothes, you'll have washed your hair. So it's about tolerating and managing that it might be difficult, but still challenging yourself to do a few things. And the good news is people get better at doing that over time. You may have even started some habits already. Is there anything you've started to do that helps that? Yeah, me and Des have got this thing where we just take like a five minute break at 3pm for a cup of tea and a biscuit. And I know it sounds a bit silly, but it's just, it's a way of breaking up the day a bit and something to look forward to. I know, again, that sounds really sad. And it's just a nice way of speaking to another human when you might be sat in, you know, your kind of home office on your own for the day. Yeah, you don't want to spend all your time chatting and being on social media and avoiding any work. But actually say... Let's have a virtual coffee break. Or if you're in the same house, we're going to be living with those people and you're not socially isolated from them. So, yeah, we will have coffee. We'll go out in the garden. We'll sit somewhere different. We won't just be in our same chair. The most important thing when you're going through a bad time, and it could be a bereavement, it could be any kind of loss or difficulty is you don't have to stay thinking and being emotional about it all the time. You're allowed to say, do you know what? This is dragging me down. I can't, it's taking all my emotional energy. I'm going to have some time off. I'm going to watch a program. I'm going to do, um, often it's a good distraction to do something rather than sit passively, I think. You know, I am going to go 
for a short walk, I am going to do that and battle that other inner voice that just says, what's the point? It's rubbish. The more you do, the more you seem to move move your bad mood out and your negative thinking on a bit. So that's a good thing to do. And I guess that ties in really nicely with the next question um, we got asked, which was around kind of checking the news and checking social media and how to break from those you know I've done it myself where I've kind of gotten a bit of a cycle of despair checking like BBC news every five minutes and seeing the next you know horrible piece of news and and how can you kind of create some distance away from that so what do you think checking is doing it's just fueling the anxiety we talked about in the beginning of the episode the catastrophic kind of but what is the purpose of the checking well, I just want to know what's going on and whether I need to, I don't know, whether I need to like get out of Dodge or something. Okay, so it's about staying on guard. Yeah, and staying in control. Yeah, but being prepared endlessly, do we need to do that 24 hours a day at the moment? Well, no, it's not like I'm going anywhere, is it? No, so you just need to limit and reduce it rather than say some of it's natural and it's obvious and we're all doing that. But how about saying I'm allowed to check the news at lunchtime and I'm allowed to do it in the evening and the rest of the time I'm going to really, really battle to limit it a bit. Yeah, I don't wind myself up all the time. Another really important question when you're about to check... And you pretty much know what it's going to be, except you're going to see a death count. Potentially, that's what we're watching, that going up and up and up. Remind yourself, people die of lots of things. So they're not really showing us what how many people would have died against how many more. You're going to infect yourself with it. And the best question is, is there anything I can do about this right now? If I check and know a bit more, What does it change? Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess kind of on the social media side. So for me, I've I found it a bit two sided. So I found Twitter in particular has been pretty depressing just because people are kind of winding each other up about it and being like, well, your statistical model for how bad the mortality rate is going to be is flawed. You know, it's proper petty Twitter stuff, Mm. whereas Instagram has been much more kind of escapism and it, it seems a bit more positive. But then I'm worried about putting out my own kind of content on there that's kind of too positive in case it's, I don't know, it it annoys people. So you've got to like navigate your own way through this. What do I like? What do I like following? Which news do I respect or I think will be useful? BBC or is it I just want updates from the World Health Organization? What would I probably be sensible to trust? And I'll check those occasionally, not too often. But also, what other things are quite enjoyable? If I follow a particular Instagram account, even if it's a bit cheesy and silly, it cheers me up. That's not a bad thing to do. Why do you think in world in all the world wars they've had in recent times? The troops have entertainment and there's been loads of funny shows about how bad or awful that was because we all need to be cheered up and we can't endlessly stay miserable. It is too horrible and we are allowed to have some, what's the word, I can't can't think of the exact word, where you're allowed to escapism. We all need some escapism. 
um, because we still have to come back and we will still deal with reality but everybody's allowed to do that it's not a negative thing and yeah you do run the risk of having some people say "Mm, well you're all right I'm in this terrible place and I think that's a bit inevitable Um, but we all know that people have had lots of personal catastrophes in their lives um, and we, we will, you know, let's hope we'd all be really, really sensitive to that and be supportive. But people, when they've had really bad experiences, are quite fragile and brittle and are going to show all anger and pain and irritability. You know, there is going to be quite a lot for us all to cope with. So we do need to have coping strategies, a bit of escapism and distractions a good one. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It's almost like having compassion for those people who are in that bad place and maybe are saying things they might look back on and think, oh, that was a bit, you know, maybe I shouldn't Mm. have said that or, you know, I was in a bad place then. Um, And then I guess this comes on to the idea of how do you... So we've got this idea of kind of isolation or social distancing, but people obviously really want human connection and to be talking to other people and... I think some people are a bit worried they're just going to become really cut off from social life, friends and family. So is there anything people can do about that feeling? I don't know, really. I think, again, it's going to be very, very interesting what we all think at the end of this. I think we'll all cope and be more resilient than we feel. Some people better than others. There's no doubt about that. Older people get used to more time and don't want to go out so much. I think younger people are going to struggle because you like when you're younger to be out and about in groups and have a good social life it's much more important but we're all going to struggle at some level and I think we're all going to get a little bit insular and we may have to come out and rehabilitate ourselves towards each other and we may even lose some social skills along the way however what you've got today which you wouldn't have had say if I was your age was uh oh no we did have the telephone and people used to telephone each other an awful lot and spend hours on the phone um but i do remember that parents used to get angry with teenagers for being hours on the phone because that's the only method we had of contacting each other um when we weren't together kind of out or in and we probably didn't go out as much then so yeah it's going to be just an interesting one and we're going to we're all going to find different parts of it tough but I bet already people are joining internet groups I go almost weekly to oh this makes me sound so old as well Bethan but I'm going to say it to a quiz team and I love the social interaction and the fun around that um but we've set up and I think it's going to be a, a right weird thing but we we've set up a we're going to have our same time that we go to the quiz we're going to try and do one and we're all already saying let's try this let's try that let's do this so we'll keep it up remotely a bit it will be it will be very interesting and very difficult i don't think anyone's got any absolute answers to that but again if you look for a positive in anything what might be a positive Oh, I mean, I found myself talking to you a lot more, you and Dad, kind of every day, probably annoying you, but just check, almost I'm kind of checking you're okay, but also I'm a bit bored and want someone to talk to. Um, And that's been nice to kind of, because we normally speak about once a week, don't we? 
Mm. And whereas this has been kind of every day. So, and I've, I've kind of, I've been texting my friends a lot more, like some friends that I don't see that often just because our lives are very kind of different and almost reconnecting with them a bit. So maybe that's a positive that will come out of it. I've noticed that people are trying, remembering they've got actually, if you don't have all the travel to work and everything around a job and you're working from home or not able to work, you have this thing called time and we're all going to reconnect a bit more and some of that might be positive and negative but I think it's not a bad thing I think we'll do okay yeah thanks so much mum for having a chat with me on Mother's Day especially and giving up your Sunday afternoon to share your top tips um (laughs) kind of a semi-therapy session for me as well which is interesting seeing that go kind of live out to the public but uh oh well (laughs) um and mum's putting together a little list of resources and useful things to read that I'm going to put in the show notes for this so if you're interested in reading more um and along kind of a lot of the topics we've just talked about today then please head there and thank you so much for listening um if you want to find out more about the brave you know we because obviously i don't have much to do apart from work anymore i'm planning in loads of episodes of the over the coming weeks with the idea of having content that's going to be helpful or entertaining or useful so if you want to follow along with that please subscribe on your podcast player of choice it would also be great if you could leave us a ratings and or a review that just helps more people find out about the podcast and i get to know whether you're enjoying it or not and then finally you can follow us on social media on twitter at the brave listen and on instagram at the brave listen thank you so much for your time and i'll see you again next week Bye.